0: Sisters' guide to teens through the ages i am riley smurl
1: i'm sydney mcelroy and i'm taylor smurl happy uh coming out day sisters thanks sister thank you you're welcome we are we all did that we came out yeah yeah that's our we already did that but
0: still happy day i never did on the podcast oh do you want to do you want to right now well, now I feel pressure. Now it feels weird. Hey, oh, you, don't no, if if you, don't you don't have don't to if you if you don't feel. Yeah, there is no pressure. I'm kidding. I'm bisexual. Yay! There. I did it! Yay! Yay.
1: Right. I
0: did it on Twitter. Welcome
1: to the club. And Instagram. <laughs> it's it's a pretty cool club. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks. I like it here. <laughs> it's getting bigger every day. You just joined. Yeah, that, so many so. people. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, it's uh, that's an exciting day. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that if you haven't come out and you are thinking about it that you have to it doesn't yeah. mean that's the one day of the year that you that you, you can yeah right. it's like oh i missed it i gotta wait a whole year no, wait a whole 364 <laughs> days i'm gonna stay in this horrible straight closet i have to pretend to be straight again oh and oh, next no. year's a leap year a whole other day <laughs> oh my gosh no no come out whenever you feel comfortable yeah. Yes. No, it is. It is. Uh, it's a great day for it because we named it that day. But any we, day. Well, I don't know. Somebody did. did it. I we, don't know. we personally did not. I don't think we, we did can not. take credit for that. No, I don't
0: get to. How do you get to name days? I think sometimes and not this one and not the other like important ones but those ones it's like national ice cream day, national french fry day. Mm. Like who you think that's like big ice cream It's and big, big ice fries. cream. Oh, absolutely.
1: Uh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> who's who's uh making bank off of national talk like a pirate day cuz everybody likes to remind <laughs> me of that one. I feel like I me? get more Facebook yeah, people I get a lot like <laughs> are gets talk like a pirate and I'm like who Okay, you you know the big pirate money, that big pirate lobby is <laughs> yeah. the, the big pirate lobby in the White House, just pirate propaganda. Do you, do you
0: know what it, where it is? Oh no, well, Arby's. It's gonna... <laughs> what what? Like Arby's, they have all the they they have all the talk like a pirate money because then they.
1: <laughs> you think Ar- Arby's, Arby's is tied up in that? Yeah, I that was such like. That was a weird evolution of a dad joke. You know where the the big pirate
0: money comes from. And I hate it most because it's definitely a joke our dad. Would make. It does. It does sound like a joke. Specifically, our dad
1: would make because dad'll like find a punchline and then try to back into a joke. <laughs> yep. I <laughs> was exactly That's what I my- was that's my sense of humor there there, the 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 second thought in my head was oh that's a bad pun the first thought was no that's clearly cowboys that's big cowboy money what are you talking about (laughs) 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 all right there's not big cowboy money (laughs) wait 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 is that why arby's has that hat are they supposed to be a cowboy (gasps) restaurant that's it's a 10 gallon hat of course it is i've never i've never associated arby's with cowboys (laughs) Uh, it's right there on their sign they got the old timey western riding and the, the
0: hat and beef. Uh, I don't know, Sydney. <laughs> what big what big lobby industry do you associate Arby's with? I mean
1: meat, right? Like meat. Well, yeah, definitely yeah. meat, but also cowboys and also pirates. <laughs> no, I. This is just it doesn't line up with. I, I think Arby's pirates you, have to be. You get it long john silvers right yes
0: that's where pirates eat sandwiches (laughs) that's the fisher lobby fisher fisher people lobby do you think pirates do you fishers (laughs) (laughs) that's what they're called fishers you know, right? fishers. I don't know where to go with this. Well, I don't like the term fishermen because that's very like you know oh, that's binary gendered. fisher people and gendered. That's why I said fisher people. No, you fisher- said fishers. Ah, well, Fish- and then I said fisher people. I thought about it. Fisher them's. <laughs> Happy, national coming, Happy out day, national coming Out Day. Fisher them's. Fisher them's and and. uh Oh, I was trying to think of another one. I can oh. think of another one. Or uh, that joke window. No, yeah. you
1: you would never know that you grew up in West Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Fishers. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> we are landlocked. <laughs> what with the holes? And the I'm not
0: a big fish girl, okay? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, uh no. we didn't we didn't do enough of that outdoorsy stuff here we didn't do the, any of that outdoorsy stuff. There's the a lot of it there, wilderness. but we just
0: hid from it. <laughs> listen i rafted once at least i'm not like that that woman that made the bad jokes about west virginia oh i didn't know about that you didn't see that either of you see that no this happened in the news it was some comedian i had never heard of her before she was on the james corden show and uh i guess she's from west virginia but was like the anti-jennifer gardner and made some like bad unfunny jokes about west virginia oh i don't like that yeah made me sad
1: we're trying y'all i mean y'all doing our best y'all <laughs> i think that the worst thing you can do if you're from a state that suffers from like vast like economic like depression is make fun of it so nobody goes there yeah because we do <laughs> you if you're a fisher you can fish here <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. There's, there's fishering. there's <laughs> mountaining there is in the water? I don't I don't do outdoor things. Me? Sleep on the ground. That's true. So there's there sleep is in a tree. Climb. <laughs> climb. <laughs> Would you like to do the activity? Climb! <laughs> it's all there
0: for your uh, to get wet and dirty. Would you like to do do a raft? Float and paddle fast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, it's a. Uh, uh, I don't, I don't, that's the limit of my outdoors activity. Here. I like what is it what is it when you
0: fly through is a zip line? Okay, zip yeah. zipline oh, yeah. that's the real word. I knew that one. We should be the new heads of tourism for West Virginia. <laughs> I know. We're really good at this guys. Fisher, climb <laughs> sleep on ground. <laughs> Go
1: in a big hole. <laughs> we got those. We got lots of big holes. <laughs> See, I know the term spelunking because the first time I heard it, I went, "Hee hee, that's a silly word," and I never forgot it. <laughs> uh Hey, listen, we've got pepperoni and we've got rolls and we put them together. Oh, yeah, we more? did. Come on down. That was the commercial. Yeah, uh, that all, that sounds like a great weekend, honestly
0: pepperoni and rolls well i, and I will, yeah ground there you go that's what's <laughs> for oh no i i didn't leave so you
1: know i'm still here yeah taylor we're looking taylor. at you. Oh, taylor taylor oh, okay look i just made it clear that i have no i have a vast fear and no knowledge
0: of the outdoors i am in uh, the the land that is paved <laughs> West Virginia is a scary place for people like Taylor and I that do not, in- and <laughs> no, we know nothing of the outdoors. It's also quiet, and then I'm alone with my
1: thoughts. But in the big city, it's always loud, so you don't have to think as much.
0: <laughs> West <Well>. Virginia. <laughs> alone with your thoughts. <laughs> in the dark. Let's and it's the home. real dark. <laughs> uh <Country well>. <laughs>
1: Anyway, we <laughs> well, hope. Let's go eat. home, country
0: roads. <laughs> Those aren't the words. I don't know the words. That's well, hard. We hope that if
1: you are coming out or came out or going to come out or, I mean, if you're straight, that's fine too. <laughs> you know. I mean, we well, like it's okay. So well, oh, yeah. you know. totally. Yes. It was just so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. I mean, that's fine. Like, <laughs> everybody's everybody's fine that's great we're all it's all fine here at still buffering when we uh, hope you're having a great day celebrating or not that speaking of days this this is one we are in one one right now uh yesterday was another awareness day Mm -hmm. uh mental health worldwide mental health world, world is that right wide. so not it yes. was today national coming out day yes and yesterday was world mental, mental health, health day day
0: yes okay. at least based off of the hashtags i saw trending i uh, twitter might make these things up twitter might know. you know i don't know yeah. i
1: mean they're not bad ideas i'm not i'm not saying that in uh in a derogatory it's way like how it's how Valentine's Day is
0: like a like a hallmark holiday right you've got all these days that twitter's just like here's a hashtag
1: well it uh, some of them it would be it would be weird without the presence of the internet like can you imagine yeah. like n- national like quesadilla day without the without the internet where you're just like it's that day we gotta we gotta I'm like what why are you, why, what? you need, why do you have so
0: many quesadillas like, what is
1: that what is it it's largely online holidays
0: yeah <laughs> which
1: again is fine i like quesadillas um yeah. we could have that when is that day I don't actually know if that's a real one. You know it is one. I was just being obtuse. Give me 10 seconds on the internet. (laughs) Uh, It's got to be one. The quesadilla lobby has got to have claimed a day by now. Uh, Yesterday was Mental Health Awareness Day. It's
0: September 25th. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I'm not kidding. We missed it. We (laughs) missed quesadilla. By like two weeks. I'm upset that that didn't
1: trend. Well, all right. All right. Well, next year we'll hit quesadilla day. This year (laughs) we all uh, took a moment yesterday... And hopefully you did, too, to uh, to kind of reflect on, think about, talk about uh, mental health and how the more we the more we're open about it and discuss it, the more we recognize it as part of, you know, health, mm-hmm. <laughs> like all health, uh, the more help people with mental illness can get. And see, yeah. I I think that this podcast has been meta for the last ten minutes because something that I do when I want to avoid talking about my mental health is focus on comedy and jokes. Well So that's why Arby's yeah, that's... has been discussed. <laughs> yeah. For that's... longer than
0: Arby's rightfully should. Have you ever wondered where the first ten to thirteen minutes of still buffering comes from every week? <laughs> it's out of avoidance of discussing real issues. Yes. Looking exactly. for humor. Yes. Well, uh, We've never
1: talked about that explicitly. I think we've all peripherally uh, kind of, you know, referenced it mm-hmm. on the
0: show. We talked uh, about stress and self-care and, and mm-hmm. all those kinds of things.
1: And um, I have I have discussed some of my issues with postpartum depression on other podcasts. I'm not plugging them. I'm mm-hmm. saying that I have. Uh, but but I don't think on Still Buffer we've ever explicitly talked about the importance of thinking about your mental health and... Um, like doing those kind of self checks. How am I doing? Mm-hmm. And then getting help when you need it, when yeah. you
0: realize that there's a problem, especially when you're, you're growing up and you're, you know, going yes. through all the difficult times. Yes. Cause
1: as we, as we did mention on the stress episode, I know when Taylor and I were younger, there was a lot of kind of, there was this impression that you couldn't have problems when you were a teenager, like real problems mm-hmm. cause you were a kid. Mm-hmm. So like, what's, what's your deal? You're fine. Oh, school's hard. Wow. I mean, like that—that yeah. that was really the the impression I got as a kid. Um, I think it's certainly different now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I—I still—I uh, will say that I know the statistics on college campuses aren't great. That we mm-hmm. have a lot of undiagnosed and untreated mental illness on college campuses, and they didn't. All these uh, college students didn't just start having problems yeah. in college, right? You yeah. know. So how much are we missing in the teen
0: years? Yeah. Um, I know in my scholarship program at school, you know, we're all honor students and there's a lot of statistics about, you know, high achieving and honor students throughout high school and college having higher rates of anxiety and depression and, and mental illness in general, just because of, you know, pressures and expectations and things like that. Um, and we all had a meeting and we, at the end of last year. We were like, hey, you know what would be helpful for all of us honor students is maybe like an in-house free counselor that we could see that's just for us because some of us don't have like the the financial resources or the time to go see someone outside of school uh and that would be really helpful so now starting this semester at my school we have uh an in-house counselor twice a week uh in our honors college for all of our honors students which is which is super cool we also have counselors and residents in all of the dorm buildings and a counseling center that is free so my college at least is very helpful to students that's good who need some mental health resources which is very nice
1: i i don't feel like we had certainly not in college i don't remember anything like that and in high school i can't imagine going to my counselor nothing against my counselor in high school i just don't feel like that's what yeah high school counselors were for right i mean taylor did you ever feel like like i felt like my counselor was there for like how do I apply for a scholarship? Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Cause I, I think, I mean, I think when we were growing up, I feel like it's only recently that we more often have the conversation around like how stigmatized mental illness is because I feel like growing up, you know, I definitely suffered from a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression, but you you don't want to ever, like it felt so taboo to, to consider those things. Like I have this this thing that you you should feel bad if you have so no I, you look for external reasons that that's happening in your life you know like it's not something in me it's something I just need to fix about my life I need to be better at this or I need to be better at that or if I could get this and I would feel better it's like you the last thing you consider is maybe I just need to talk to somebody maybe I have uh, maybe I have a mental illness maybe I have some issues I need to work through and it's and it's hard because part of what you just talked about is important for people to do. I mean, part of uh, I know in my experience that sometimes the problem isn't depression or anxiety. It, it is something in your life. Like sometimes right. that is true. So I think like doing those checks on yourself, being self-aware and, and having that insight is really important because sometimes I know I will counsel somebody like, uh, you know, I think everything you're saying keeps coming back to this one situation in your life. And it feels like all the therapy or medication or anything in the world isn't going to fix that external thing. And so sometimes that is true. I think in the teen years, it's also true that, I mean, I know I went through like teen normal moodiness Mm -hmm. that was not depression, but I definitely, I think like if you were an adult who cared but didn't know what was going on in my brain would have looked at me walking around. I mean, I dressed completely in black. Mm -hmm. I hid in my room all the time. I had no friends. I was withdrawn and I wrote really sad poems. And I think that an adult, a caring adult may have easily said, uh, I think you need help. Mm -hmm, When I didn't need help, I was just it was just the thing I was doing. It right. was the persona I tried on for a while. It didn't fit. I tried something else. So I think all that makes it even harder to tease out in the teen years. Right? Who, who needs help? And who just needs like normal <laughs> love and support yeah. well, in this in this moment in their life, sit, you know? Yeah. And there's a big difference between being goth and being depressed. <laughs> it's like, you know, on a good day, like when I'm in a good spot, I'll show up at work and I'll like my, my I'm wearing all black and I've got my spikes and my accessories <laughs> and I look great when I'm going through, like when I'm in a, when I'm having a, a, a period of like, oh, I'm, I'm going through a depressive episode. I don't. I look, I, that's when I don't look goth. That's when I'm like, I've been wearing this t-shirt for three days. I sprayed it with perfume. So you won't smell it. You can just smell it underneath the perfume. Like, you know, like, it's like, that's when my makeup is not a death pallor. And like, that's, that's when you know. Well, but I think, I think what you're talking about, I think that's a good point though. Like, I think that as adults looking at teenagers, you feel like the generation like, after you, it's so inaccessible, and you have no idea what is cool or not cool or trendy, mm-hmm. that it can be really hard to tell what what's going on from the outside, yeah, right, you know and and I think that definitely you're right, a lot of stuff was dismissed when we were younger, yeah, as like, oh, you know, teens, hormones, whatever, blah blah, blah, yeah, mm-hmm. you just need to get out and socialize more. <laughs> exactly (laughs) go hang out with your friends it's It's not not outside (laughs) it's the crippling fear of other people that's keeping me inside but yeah you're right i should go talk to them yeah right no and i think you're right i think a lot of it is and a lot of it is like if you would i remember feeling the pressure not not really from our parents i won't blame this on my parents i felt pressure more from just like everything yeah society yeah to like be a quote-unquote normal teen Mm -hmm. and then i would feel better like just be a normal teen, go to parties, yeah. go have fun at a football game, yeah. <laughs> you know, break the rules a little, and then you'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know if that's changed. Like those were the messages I remember getting like, and then everyone will be happy and there won't be depression. And like, it totally negates the idea that like, well, yeah, no, there are teenagers who are suffering from mental illness. Yeah. yeah and they can look like everybody. They could, they are just right. as likely to be the you know, the whatever cliche athlete cheerleader, I mean, you know, as as they are the the, yeah. the kid all in black. <laughs> yeah. Right, right.
0: I mean, I think that the the general message while that that idea still exists probably in a pretty large number I, I think the general message of like acceptance and um recognition of mental health and mental illness has gotten better amongst like adults. And I think a lot of that is because the adults now are like your all's generation of people who are like, hey, this is what mental health was treated as when we were growing up and we don't want Mm -hmm. our kids to feel that way or our younger siblings to feel that way so we're going to change that conversation um but i mean i think as a teenager especially throughout high school i still felt that way like i i went to the football games and i had the parties and you know did all the extracurricular things school dances and all that kind of stuff but i still felt like super depressed and anxious all the time and I guess I just thought like this is just normal everyone feels this way this is just like what it feels like to be a teenager I guess Mm -hmm. so this is fine and then it took me going to college and still feeling that way almost out of my teen years as like an adult being around other people who are like no that's not that's not normal (laughs) it's not how people feel all the time maybe you should go talk to someone for me to be like oh okay and i I don't think i think it's just almost like an internalized feeling of you you can still recognize that mental health exist or mental illness exists and recognize it in other people but recognizing it in yourself and having the like ability and self-awareness to be able to like take that step to go talk about it with someone is a lot different yeah Mm -hmm.
1: but i i do want to like compliment just what you said like recognizing Mm it other people like even that i think is a that's a, that's an evolution of your generation because yeah that's one, and Sid, maybe, maybe you get this, but like, that's one weird divide that I found in my adult life is that I feel like when the conversation became more normalized, largely by younger people, it felt like such a relief to me that I could mm-hmm. talk openly about it. But one thing I did realize is that other people that are in my age group that don't suffer from any sort of mental illness, it's still like, it that doesn't make them suddenly accept me like you know I had a a close friend like I somebody that I always hid things from specifically because I knew they would that was just something they didn't want that was a part of me that they just it was better if I just kept that away from them and it was a situation where I was having an anxiety attack and it was just like like it was one of the worst experiences of my life having someone who I trust be like you're, this, is, this is why I don't want to be around you. You're nothing but a burden. Like, look at you right now. And it's like it, that lack of understanding, whereas I, I would hope that in, even people that don't suffer would, you know, younger people being able to say, like, this is what you're going through. And we mm-hmm. have the language and we have the understanding that this is just like if somebody has an allergy or a disease or something, this is just something that's part of you. And it comes mm-hmm. with you. It's not something that I need you to work out of your system in order to be in my life. Right. Yeah.
0: I mean, I've definitely had less than ideal conversations with people around my age where I talk about having anxiety and sometimes there's that really crappy feeling where people are like, oh, everyone has anxiety. Everyone gets anxious about things. Everyone has anxiety attacks. That's not like, you know, Mm -hmm. that's not a mental illness. Everyone feels that way. It's like, well, no, (laughs) that's, that's not how that works. And if you could feel the things I feel, I would assure you, you would know this is not how your brain uh, works. Um, But I I remember I moved in with my roommates and the first time I had what I can now recognize as an anxiety attack in front of them, um, there was never any like avoidance of me or feeling like I was being like, uh, like imposing on them by being upset in that moment. It was very like, oh, okay, I understand. Is there anything I could do to help you? If not, totally cool. If there is, just let me know and we can talk about it. And also like... Hey, this is a mental illness I have. And hey, this is something I experience. And like a very, just like easy conversation that was just very like, okay, that's that's cool. This is something you experienced. Let me know how I can help.
1: Yeah. I can't imagine what? any of that even back when I was in college. I yeah. try tried, tried to like yeah. fathom that situation happening with even my closest friends in college. Yeah. And it would have been, I mean, I'm not saying they wouldn't have been supportive. Maybe they would have been great. I don't know. But it was never anything any of us talked about. Right. It wasn't, it's not even like I have... I don't have a frame of reference for that because nobody talked about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, when I like when I was in college, we've we've talked about this before and we talked about this earlier, but like, you know, I was suffering from a horrible eating disorder that was very evident. It was it was evident in my behavior and everything. And it didn't it wasn't something where anybody it was just that made you almost like stop existing. Mm -hmm. It's like just nobody talks to that person. Mm -hmm. Like that's just it's you know it was so stigmatized that it just felt like it's you just become a non-person because you have this thing
2: or Mm -hmm. that's what it felt like
1: yeah Yeah. no no i know what you're saying Uh, and i think the only thing i can think about like when i look back i know we did that with people who had um addiction issues Mm -hmm. who had you know substance use disorder I, i i remember like it, the idea that you would confront somebody and saying, like, you know, I know you're not like flunking or driving drunk or something, but like, I'm a little worried. Mm-hmm. Those conversations just weren't commonplace. Yeah. Oh. Um, Those were things you said in hushed tones when someone wasn't around. Right. Like, oh, well, you know what they are. Like, and that's. No, it was not something you we're would say, about, like, hey, yeah. can I help you? Yeah. It's funny, like talking about coming out day, because in some way it's a weird parallel in my life. Like, it's it's the same feeling of like that's it's not something to be ashamed. It's just part of who I am. Yeah, just, yeah. It's just part of my DNA. It's it's it doesn't. I can't keep that away from you. I can't I can't hide it. It's not unsavory. It's just me, and it's as much me as any other part mm-hmm. that you like. It has no morality. It just is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. I want to talk about this more, but we uh, have to quick, take a quick break before I do that.
0: And Check the group message. thought you weren't going to let me say it. No, I was going to let you say it. I always... I'll
1: always let you say it. <laughs> uh, hey, sisters. This fall, it's yes? time for some 70s throwback looks. Whoa. How does that sound? That sounds like my closet. I love it. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, before, that's before my time, but I'll allow it. where apparently the 90s are over the 70s are back Mm -hmm. as are spooky halloween chic outfits and cozy coats and you can find them all at mod cloth i love mod cloth me too uh i i shopped at mod cloth long before i started talking about it on this podcast they design uh vintage inspired pieces made relevant for the right now and you can find i mean everything like if you need fancy dresses for going out or you want cool casual clothes to hang out in mm-hmm. or like business looks for work whatever you're looking for uh they have they've got everything they've got cool stuff for your room and accessories and shoes and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff and they include a size range from uh double zero to 28 if you've got a question about fit their team of mod stylists can hook you up with complimentary sizing and styling help uh that i just i can't recommend it highly enough you uh Check out ModCloth. They've got all kinds of new fall fashions. Mm-hmm. Get yourself some cute sweaters and
0: cardigans. I just got a very good um, suede, velvety black dress that I'm wearing to a fancy event. And Ooh. also uh, like a maroon and beige plaid skirt that is wool. Very good for the fall and winter months. Mm, very nice. I days. always
1: check out their graphic tees. I know yeah. that's not a fall
0: thing, but. They have a very good sweater also that has a little collar that has little bats on the ends of the collar. Mm it's very cute very
1: spooky spooky. so that's what i I love like their halloween section is great for me for the rest of the year so (laughs) now is the time uh so taylor if our listeners want to check out mod cloth what should they do well you should hurry uh because this offer is only valid for a limited time but you can get 15 percent off your purchase of 100 bucks or more uh including all sale items if you go to modcloth.com and enter code buffering at checkout, that is M-O-D-C-L-O-T-H.com. Use code buffering. Get that 15% off at checkout and including sale items through the end of October.
0: Sisters, I want to talk to you about so- something else. Okay. okay <laughs> do it. native deodorant. Um, this week's right. still buffering is brought to you in part by native deodorant. And less is more with native. They have fewer, simpler ingredients so you know everything that's in your deodorant everything going in your pits as i like to say um (laughs) or axilla whatever you know it's it's your pits (laughs) that sounds like an alien race i like pits better thank (laughs) you um it comes in a wide variety of enticing scents for all people and they release new limited edition seasonal scents throughout the year Um, They also have unscented formula and baking soda free formula for those with sensitivities. I really like the uh, vanilla and coconut. That's usually my go to. Smells very like beachy and tropical, even even in the Mm. colder months. Um, And they offer free returns and exchanges in the USA. So, you know, you can give it back. You can exchange it for another flavor, another scent, whatever you like. And it's all free because Native cares about you. And so do we so taylor if our listeners want to t- uh check out native where should they go they should go to nativedeodorant.com and you can get 20
1: percent off your first purchase if you use promo code buffering during checkout so check that out yeah and have pits that smell great yeah and seasonal, and seasonal. i love that idea seasonal pits. spooky pits jolly yeah. pits whatever that's pits. That. all the pits Um, one, one thing I, I found as I got older and progressed through my, my particular line of education. And I, I've thought about this, like, is this more of a, like a, a unique experience to my profession, but I imagine there are a lot of other professions that would echo this sentiment. So I don't think it's, it's probably that unique, but I know in medicine, as I progressed from college to med school. The idea, even though we are trained, and I think for the most part, believe, I mm-hmm. think, at least I know I do, and I think most of my colleagues do, I mm-hmm. hope, that mental illness is part of, it's, it's just another type of illness, just like any other illness you have. You should treat depression just like you treat diabetes. Neither are something you can will away mm-hmm. or, you know, go... I always see those memes on Facebook, like just go like inhale some fresh air and look at yeah. a tree and then your depression will go away or whatever.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I, wish that I,
1: simple. I love that because I then like to make the point of like, you know what? Running does help my depression, but it triggers my anxiety. So have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a puzzle for all of you to figure out. Yeah. I have to figure it out every day I'm alive. Well, and I'd like to, I'd like to think that most of us in medicine, like get that. I, I, I think that's true. And so treat it like that. Mm-hmm. But even as we're being taught that and we are learning that and believe that and act on it and tell, I mean, tell our patients with complete earnestness that this is the case. Let me help you. Here's some referrals. Here's some medicines. Here are some things you can do. Let's work on it together. At the same time, the idea that a, that a physician or a medical student Mm -hmm. would admit to that at least when I was coming up through the ranks was very taboo. Yeah. Um, Mm. And was very concerning for how it would affect your professional career. If you received actual help, like real deal went to a doctor for mental illness, not just like meditated. I mean like went and were put on a medication or went to therapy or something like that. It was very scary and there's tons of stigma, I think still yeah, uh, against receiving that treatment yourself, which is very, uh, it's, it's really tough. And I know that in the medical field, um, untreated, uh, mental illness and suicidal ideation and, and, you know, actual, um, taking your own life has been a big problem within our community mm-hmm. because our, where it's not being addressed it's often labeled physician burnout mm. and and so the key like the 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 treatments so to speak for it are like we'll give you coupons for like a dinner out or like a massage or like yeah some like a wellness thing yeah like here's some wellness yeah, yeah. <laughs> to treat your it. depression <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, which doesn't work uh, and like it's it's been a big problem, and I I remember feeling that very much. I, I remember counseling younger residents when I was one of the chief residents. That in medicine, I feel like you hit a point which we dubbed the crying
0: times. Mm-hmm. That's all my times. And it's oh, <laughs> oh <no. laughs> Riley. That was a joke. That's uh, a joke. It's uh,
1: hey, humor <laughs> helps mask the exactly. pain. That's why we do this. <laughs> this That's why we, we go funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that, but really, I, I remember saying there was a point in time where I was, like, falling apart every day, crying my mm-hmm. way through every day. And I would call Justin every time I got a break at the hospital and say, look up something I can do with my degree other than be a doctor because I'm so miserable. And if I have to do this with the rest of my life, I don't know how I can face it. Mm-hmm. Now, that passed. And it yeah, does, I think, right. for most people in medicine. Um, but what we were calling the crying times Yeah. And saying is just a time where like reach out, talk to your colleagues, ask for support, let us know we're here. You can call me and cry to me. Mm -hmm. Come over to my house. I'll make you dinner. You know, like we'll get through this together for some people is it's it's really challenging. And it is a it is a setup for, you know a major depressive episode or severe uncontrolled anxiety if you are already experiencing those things and then you're put into a situation like medical school or residency or being a physician and i i think for a lot of us it's not being managed at all or talked about enough even
0: i mean i think on a a smaller scale it goes back to something i think we've talked about a little bit we talked about self-care um and stress but when you're in like a, a highly competitive environment like that i mean even like college when you're surrounded by other students who are trying to get the highest grades and extracurriculars and everything there's almost like a, a romantic sizing of poor mental health to a certain extent uh-huh and it's never like for people who are upfront and honest and say like no i actually have anxiety and depression for right. more for people who are like yeah i have mental breakdowns every day or i stay up all night because i'm feeling so anxious or just had an anxiety attack about this or i'm feeling so depressed i haven't left my dorm in a week um and the whole idea of like taking poor care of yourself is something to achieve and that means like you're doing better or you're being more successful i guess um and, and it's it's, it's the same thing. Like for some people, that's a period like around finals or midterms, there's always like, Oh, this is when all college students are not showering and not eating and, and you know, staying up all night, studying and doing homework for some people. It is just that it's a, you know, week or two of the year where they feel really bad and everything is stressful. That's all, all of residency. Away.
1: That's, that's yeah. all, that's <laughs> what they expect of you is that for the entire entirety of residency, you're aren't sleeping, you aren't eating, yeah. you aren't peeing when you want to. But you I never mean, exercise, you feel miserable yeah. and you, I mean, it's glamorized on TV. Yeah. Like you go, you do your shift, you barely make it through and then you go get drunk to forget about right. it. I'm not saying everybody does yeah. that, but that's what TV shows yeah. make yeah. it look like.
0: But I mean, yeah, like you said, for some people it's actually mental illness and that's not, you know, not taking care of yourself makes that worse. And mm-hmm. thinking it's the ideal thing to do. It makes you smarter, makes you more successful, um, isn't good for that. And I think that's a big part of the reason why I didn't acknowledge that I had actual mental illness for a long time was just because I thought that was like what was expected of me was like oh you feel super anxious all the time and you you feel depressed because you don't have time to do anything you enjoy and you are constantly doing things that you feel like will get you somewhere better in the future but you don't even know like when that'll be or where that'll be and if that'll ever happen um Uh, I I guess I thought that was normal and then I thought waking up and feeling like tightness in your chest because of all the things you had to do and going to bed with tightness in your chest at the end of the day because of all the things you still had to do or the things you did that day that still weren't good enough like I thought all of that was just like uh, this is what it's like to be a college student or whatever and that's not that's not the case and that's not how you should have to feel and it took me until just this year and going to therapy and talking about it and taking you know steps with my doctors to get on medications that help with that to realize that you don't have to live that way and you can still be successful and take good care of your mental health and in the long right. run you'll be more successful if you can take care of your mental health.
1: Mm-hmm. Well and I think yeah and and that that paralleling it with any other phys- more more physical mm-hmm. disease cuz it can have physical effects on mm-hmm. you absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like is so important. I mean cuz that's like I I know I, I read this this comment associated with uh Anthony Bourdain after his passing mm-hmm. and somebody made the point of like, look if somebody had battled cancer and lived until, you know, their their late fifties battling cancer, cancer their whole life, we'd say, Wow, what a what a hero, what mm-hmm. a champion, what a struggle. But then if somebody, you know, uh dies by suicide late in their life, it's it's oh, what a what a tragedy, what a loss. It's like, no. He fought his entire life to stay alive Mm -hmm. and gave us so much. And Mm -hmm. it's, that is a triumph. It it would be a triumph in the face of any other more physical disease. That's true. It's, it shouldn't be taken away from someone just because that is, happens to be the the terminal illness
0: that they had. Right. Mm -hmm. I I will say though, this is something I've thought a lot about, um, in the, the age of, um, mass shootings and things like that the whole conversation of mental illness is almost can be taken in the other end of the the spectrum like bl- blaming it for things that maybe it, right. it has no place in and using it as like a a political tool to to get support for anything other than things like gun control um and, and that does upset me a little bit almost like the the bad side of opening the discussion about mental health It's like, oh, okay, you want to acknowledge that mental illness exists and that a lot of people suffer from mental illness. Let's use it against people who actually do suffer from mental illness then. Um,
1: Look, I think the implication, too, is that it's just one thing. Right. Like, oh, you're mentally
0: ill. That means you are X. (laughs) Like, it's not, you know, you have anxiety or you have depression or you have obsessive compulsive disorder or any number of other diagnoses that, that people can have. They're all different.
1: (laughs) And it's worth pointing out in that conversation. And I think we may have said this before that people with mental illness are more likely to be the victims of not violent crime as opposed to the perpetrators of violent crime. Right. So it's not, I mean,
0: there's no correlation.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's a false argument to distract from the gun issue, which is the the bigger issue. Right. But yeah, no, it's true. And it's very frustrating from my standpoint as somebody who, as a family doctor it's i provide a lot of care i'm like the person who's who's helping to manage mental illness in part because that is something that we can do but then and also in some areas there isn't a psychiatrist mm-hmm. or if there is one it's going to take you months and months to get an appointment with right. them and it'll be months before you can get a follow-up right. there's not enough therapists and psychologists and counselors there aren't the resources and it is so frustrating when I am trying so hard to like get somebody the help they need. I know it's frustrating for them more mm-hmm. so than me, but we recognize there's a problem. We can diagnose it. I'm trying to get the appropriate treatment. And you have politicians saying like, well, we just need to help more with mental illness in this country. Well, yeah, like, well, then come on, let help. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Do please. it. <laughs> we need more resources. Yes. Let's stop talking about it and yeah. let's put the money behind, the effort behind, the focus on this, just like we do all the other illnesses that are just as important. You know, we, we recognize that cancer is something we need to to put more time and effort into researching and treating and, and finding cures for, you know, heart mm-hmm. disease and diabetes and everything else. Yes. And depression mm-hmm. and anxiety and schizophrenia and bipolar disorder and all these other illnesses. Let's put it all. Let's. Yes, mm-hmm. please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I it's. It's one of those things where I I feel like we're we're definitely better
2: mm-hmm.
1: about it than we used to be. I mean, I think the more you can talk about these things openly, you know, like both both of you have mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's definitely helpful to share the idea like you're not alone. It's not something that you don't become depressed because you didn't try hard enough not to be depressed. Right. <laughs> right. You don't become anxious because you're not working hard enough not to be anxious. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it is like you said, Tay, it's just your DNA. It's who you are. And no, nobody wants to feel those ways. No. It's not, you know, it's not a choice at all. There's no choice in it. It's the active thought, like even like in my darkest moments where it's like the weird awareness of like, I don't want this at all. But then Mm -hmm. your brain's telling you something completely different. And it's just, it's, it's torture. No one would, would do, would, I guarantee if anyone had the toy tools to avoid that, they'd take them. And that's why I think those tools need to be made more readily available and n- not come with some stigma or shame.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. No, and it,
1: I think it's, it's, fu- it's one of those things that it is hard for people to understand if they've never experienced it, mm-hmm. um, which makes it harder to like, I, I think the best route, because you can explain it all day long and it's still hard to, yeah internalize the best route is to like try to get people to understand that it is the same as we've all been sick before right everybody who's alive has been sick at some point in their life some of us with acute things some of us with chronic things some of us with both and to try to just frame it as you've got you know you've gotten a cold or the flu or a stomach bug or whatever you have hypertension you have diabetes whatever you Mm -hmm. have it's the same thing it's the same thing it's the same thing yeah you didn't ask for it you didn't choose it you can't control it without help yeah you know you can't just say like well i'm gonna go look at a tree and it'll be gone right yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna do some yoga and drink some tea yeah yes and and Ah. it really i mean i didn't until after charlie was born it was really hard for me to understand how like i i understood it in a in an abstract way Mm -hmm. like in a logical way i i I believed it Mm -hmm. of course which you don't need to believe in something that's a fact, but I, right. I believed it. Um, but until I experienced it, it is really hard to internalize. And here I was sitting there with my child in my arms who, yes, we went through a hard time. We spent a week in the NICU and it was very challenging, but we came home healthy, mm-hmm. alive, fine. You know, I should have been overjoyed. We wanted a kid for so long. It took me a while to get pregnant. I was finally able to. I have this child who... Seems to be absolutely perfect, as far as I can tell. I have the means and resources to stay at home with her for a period of time after she was born. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to go immediately back to work. I was able to take a few weeks of maternity leave. Uh, My husband was there with me, who was able to help me and take a couple weeks of paternity leave. I had family and friends and everything somebody would need, and I felt absolutely... I mean, I couldn't even I didn't even have words for it. Mm-hmm. I felt like uh, there was just a giant gaping empty hole in the middle of me. And the only emotion that I ever felt was anger or rage and then nothing. Mm-hmm. And I would just sit there crying, looking at my perfect child, because then I would feel guilty that I didn't feel happy. Right. Looking at my perfect child. Yeah and that was it. And that was the only thing I felt. And like it was and I never I didn't tell anybody what it was going yeah. on. I never talked about it. I never shared it. I didn't tell Justin cuz I felt embarrassed. Right.
0: I mean, right. I think that's one of the biggest sources of sort of like a a cognitive dissonance for people who feel like they have a very like privileged g- life to be grateful for like I do. I mean, I I'm very grateful for what I have. I recognize like the amount of privilege and opportunities I'm given in my life, but when you like for example, I had a big exam like a week ago. Um, and before the test, I was in a classroom, only seven other people in the class with me, and we're all in the same program. We all know each other really well. They all know I have anxiety. That's something I've talked about with them very openly. Um, and before the test, it, it, to them, it was just like, yeah, it's a test. It's stressful, but like, it's just a test. I was like up, pacing around the room, trying to breathe, felt like I couldn't breathe, like trying to calm myself down before this test because I was so nervous. And almost felt like i was going to pass out or throw up because i felt like i just couldn't sit still and i felt you know uh irritated and anxious and irritable and all of those things and i it was one of the most like self-aware moments of my life where i was like oh all of these people know me and they are aware of the concept that i've talked about of anxiety but they have never seen it in this way before and they have never experienced it because i mean to, as far as i know none of them also experience anxiety um and it was very it was almost embarrassing like like you say like yeah i recognize i have mental illness and i want to be open about that and want to acknowledge it and accept it and work on it and not try to avoid it but it's still hard in in practice to not want to hide that part of yourself when you feel like it's it's a weird or or abnormal or scary thing to other people or or a weakness or for a weakness. weakness that was the big thing for yeah me. well and i
1: this is hard for me to talk about, but I feel like it makes sense in the conversation. I, I, you all know this, but I've never talked about it on the podcast. I struggle with Um, Mm self-harm. It's something that I've done since I was a teenager. uh, And I have blamed so much on my poor, sweet, innocent cat that has never raised a a claw to me. (laughs) He has been blamed for so many errant (laughs) cuts. I know it's, it's not fair. And and it's even it's still one of those where it's like you know it's like i don't so much of it is is hard to explain for me but it just comes with such so much stigma and so much like oh you do that for attention it's like well then why do i hide it like Mm -hmm. oh you you i don't like it's suicidal it's like "Ah, it's not that i don't know what it is but it's it's a struggle Mm -hmm. and it's something that there are better days like my first one of my first tattoos i should say uh was to cover scars that i'd had from from you know when i was an early teen and mm-hmm. i it was a very young thought when i was like 22 like i'm gonna get this tattoo to cover these scars and i'm never gonna do it again ha <laughs> it was, mm-hmm. that was i was wishful thinking but you know it's being able to like recognize it and i i go to a therapist and talk about it and just being able to talk about it and have someone say that that like not turn away not speak to you in a hushed tone and response has been so massive for me to help me deal with that to make me mm-hmm. feel like it's not something that the fact that this exists alone the fact that i have do this alone makes me garbage like it's it em- empowers the action because it's like well if i do this i'm i'm a non-human anyway so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter to try to fix it to have somebody talk to you like a human in relation to something that is so hush hush it's like Oh, it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't make me stop existing because I
0: do this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I will say in a very meta way, as we end or near the end of this show, I think it is very, um, cool and interesting and important that all three of us came from the same family and the same place and share the same genes, but we all have have very different experiences with mental health and mental illness and different ways to talk about it and different mental illnesses and diagnoses and ways of coping with it. I think that just shows that it, it's not like, uh, it's not a thing you choose. It's not, a you know, something that's based off of just one thing that's happened in your life. And it, it affects everyone in some way, whether it's directly or secondhand or, or through, you know, whatever way it might, it, it affects everyone. And it's something that while we talk about it more, I, I still don't think is talked about enough. And I'm glad that we are, contributing to the positive conversation of being very open and honest about it and i I think that's that's really important
1: and that's a good point i think more people than not would have a dialogue around this Mm -hmm. related to their own personal experiences i don't i don't i mean there's there's three of us and we've all we all have experienced various forms of mental illness Mm -hmm. i I don't think it's that i think it's way more normal and that is such Mm -hmm. a
2: Mm -hmm.
1: an important realization to come to, you know, it's like, I feel alone, but I'm not alone in that feeling. And that's in some Mm -hmm. way empowering.
0: Yeah. That's why days like world mental health day are so important because sometimes you are in the middle of a a depressive episode or an anxiety attack and you think I am the only person in the world that has ever felt this bad. No one else has ever been this upset or this anxious or this, this worried or sad, but that's not true because people, other people do all the time and probably no one feels a hundred percent comfortable being totally open and honest about all of their mm-hmm. you know personal struggles but the more we talk about them the more it helps other people feel less alone and then those people from where have been talking about it and then it's just like a little domino waterfall ripple effect
1: yeah so we yeah. encourage you to um check in with yourself first i think that's the first step yes it's to, it's to like take a second to check on yourself and say how are you self How are you today? How are you feeling? Are you really feeling that way? Mm -hmm. How are you feeling inside that you haven't said out loud, maybe? Yeah. And then if the answer to that question is, you know, not so great, like talk to somebody. And it can start Uh with just family or friends that you trust, people that you lean on, people that you can like bounce things off of and say, hey, I think I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you about it? And then, you know, from there, talk to a doctor, talk to a counselor, talk to a therapist, talk to a psychologist, talk to you know, reach out, uh, primary care doctors. I'm not plugging us cause I want business. <laughs> I'm plugging us cause we're, if you have no idea where to go or where to start, a yeah. primary care doctor is a great resource to ask. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that we do and the stuff we don't, we usually know how to get you help yeah.
0: for. So, and I, I will say from personal experience, the idea of talking to a, cause I've talked to a, a therapist for a while, but the idea of talking to a physician about, mental health and and you know medications for that and treatments for that was so terrifying to me thinking like oh even though i recognize all illness is illness is illness and medicine is medicine the idea of talking to someone who's treated me in the past for like stomach bugs and colds and things right. like that to about this i just expected the conversation to be like oh no just keep going to therapy keep doing what you're doing right. like you know yeah. it, you'll be fine but i had the best experience just very like this is how i'm feeling and this is how i feel always and this is what i've been trying to do and this is what's helping this is what's not and i got a very like clear logical answer and help from my doctor so you know it, it it seems very very scary and intimidating but i promise that it is for the most part and probably almost all of the time a lot easier than it seems yeah
1: and and if you've if you've been someone that has had people not understand turn away from you, judge you, treat you poorly because you've tried to be honest or because of what you deal with, I, first off, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. And secondly, you don't deserve that. Yeah. And that is a failure of understanding on their part, yeah. nothing else. And you deserve to have people that understand mm-hmm. you and listen to you and see all of you in your life.
0: And we are all here for you. If, if you feel like you don't have any of those people maybe right now, we are all here for you, and we love you, and we care about you, and we we are rooting for you always. So, so I guess
1: for coming out day, since we've all already come out <laughs> as not straight, <laughs> we're coming out as yeah. mentally ill. <laughs> well, I know I was gonna say I'm, I told you last year I was bi, so that's like old news. Old, old news. news. <laughs> that's old news. Uh, so I guess I'm coming out as uh, I had. I, I had postpartum depression. I don't, I don't still have it because I'm doing okay right now. Mm. I'm not on any treatment currently. I didn't get help, not because I didn't need it, but because I was um, arrogant and I didn't want to look weak and I didn't want anybody to think I didn't love my kid. Mm. And those were bad reasons because obviously I did love my kid and nobody would have thought that. Yeah. Um, but I suffered and struggled for a long time. Yeah. And I'm I'm doing fine now, but I really wish I could go back and tell myself, like, hey, why don't you tell anybody, literally anybody, how you're feeling mm-hmm. and get some help because um, life doesn't have to be this hard. Yeah. So that's what? that's my coming out. Yeah. I love you, Sid, and I'm sorry I love that you, you struggled too. with that alone. Yeah. Oh, well, I love you, too. It's OK. I, I sh- you know, I should have known I went to
0: school for this stuff. <laughs>
1: I don't know if you two want to come out. That was my
0: coming Um, out. That was my, is this, is this what we're doing? I have generalized anxiety and depression and I've been going to therapy now for almost six months and, um, and starting taking medication to help with those issues. And I have anxiety attacks and I have depressive episodes and it, I have really, really bad days where I don't want to get out of bed, but also feel super, super anxious because I'm not getting out of bed and have anxiety attacks because I'm not being productive enough because of my depression and, I have felt this way for as long as I can remember, but it wasn't until this year that I felt like I could tell someone. It felt like it was something that I was worthy of getting help for, and that my problems deserved help. So that's my coming out, I guess.
1: Oh, I, I, I also have that fun horrible tag team. They love, to, they love to work. <laughs> they together. love to work
0: together. I really do. And depression.
1: No, it's really true, though. I mean, they're, they're, I, in my clinical experience, a lot of people have both. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So I, uh, I, we, we, we got that in common sis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I've, I've struggled with, I, I mean, self-harm, suicidal ideations. I'm in a good spot, but I never want to say I used to, it's like, I don't, that's, that's presumptuous of me. I'm treating it actively, yeah. but yeah. And, and good old body dysmorphia. Hey, that one, that one could go away, but it doesn't.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, but, um, and but- I, I love both of you. And I'm here for both of you as your sister. That's wow. me, Riley. I love you both, too. I, I love you both, too. Wow. How touching. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. It was very touching. I was just remarking on the, the tenderness of this moment. We also sometimes <laughs> have trouble
1: with emotions. We do. All of us here. That's- I mean, that's. I'd say whenever you find out somebody else does any sort of comedy related thing, I'm like, oh, this is somebody I can talk about my mental illness yeah. with. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, I know why you made that joke. I get it. Uh, uh, I get it. Yeah. I've been there. <laughs> yep. Uh, so thank you, listeners. And we we really do. We encourage you to um, take care of yourselves. Uh, and if you are struggling or thinking, I, I might need help, but I'm not sure, um, reach out Uh, That's usually a good indication that you should at least talk to somebody about it and it can start with family and friends. It can go from there to talk with your doctor, talk with your psychiatrist, your therapist, your counselor, whoever. Reach out, get help. There's no shame. There is no, there's no reason not to. And there's no reason that you deserve not to live the happiest life you can Mm -hmm. starting right away as soon as possible. You know, you don't have to wait. Um, And thank you to Maximum Fun for hosting our show <laughs> yeah. and allowing us to be part of this network Ah, <laughs> oh, there are a lot of other great people on max fun who will yeah. say the same thing and do yeah. loudly and and for sure. uh often on their podcasts and on twitter so check them out and uh you can tweet at us at still buff that's the thing i was going to say and you can email us at still and
0: we will be in brooklyn next week yes we will Yay! With me!
1: Next I am in Brooklyn now.
0: <laughs> Less than... Well, Taylor's already in Brooklyn. Always yeah, in Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm always in yes. Brooklyn. Um, I'll be there in like six days. Sydney will be there in like five days. Is that right? Yeah. And we're opening... What day are we opening?
1: Uh, That's what I was... <laughs> is it um, Friday? Friday? Either the 18th or the 19th. This Friday. There's a show on Friday and Saturday. We're going to be there on Saturday. Saturday, oh. uh, the 19th. October... Nineteenth, nineteenth, nineteenth. That's the, Saturday. the worst.
0: <laughs> Correct. Yes, Saturday the nineteenth. Is it Saturday? Still buffering. We'll be opening for my brother, my brother, and me, in Brooklyn. There are still tickets available for that show.
1: Yes. Just so, go to uh the Macroy.family. family. Yeah, that's the easiest way to find out our tour schedule and for all the tour schedules, and then to see all the shows and where they are and all that kind of stuff. But go um if you want to see us opening for my brother, my brother, and me. You should get tickets. Yes. We'll be at the King King's Theater. Theater. Had a double check. Yes. In Brooklyn. Yes. That's the one. All right. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby change Mind.
0: This has been Still Buffering, A Sister's Guide to Teens Through the Ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. And, and I
1: was two. was two. Why did our voices get so low at the end of that? very low i was trying to like catch you say it and then it that's just the reaction i don't know oh, okay i thought it was spooky too oh, oh. It's, it's october <laughs> spooky <laughs> ending <laughs> <laughs> arby's <Tur-bies. laughs>
0: Fun.org.
1: Comedy and culture.
0: Artist-owned,
1: audience-supported. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. It's a podcast that we do as uh, we we are married. And how's the
0: ad going so far? Because I think it's going very good. (laughs) We talk about things we like every week on Wednesdays. One time, Rachel talked about pumpernickel bread. It was so tight. You cannot afford to miss her talking about this sweet brown bread.
1: We also talk about music and poems and, you know, weather. There was one...
0: Weather? (laughs) One time, Rachel talked about Baby Beluga, the song, for like 14 minutes, and it just really blew my hair back. (laughs) So check us out on MaximumFun.org. It's a cool podcast with chill vibes. Amber is the color of our energy, is what all the iTunes reviews say. (laughs) They will now.